Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 216 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracu. Jacob, nice to see you today. We both we both look like a pile of crap. Yep, it's daylight savings <laughs> time, man. Ugh, it is the worst. <laughs> accurate. I've, I think I'm like last four days since this whole they decided to start this mess. I think I'm rocking. I'm like 12 hours of sleep. Total. Why does it mess us up so bad? How I, am I not used to it changing? It, it's not even a big of a change. It's just I know. the clock gets later earlier, kind of. My life is also terrible. Do you see this one hair? Uh, there's, well, you got a bunch of them. There's not just one. No, but this like loose one, it has oh. no family. Yeah, I do see the one you're talking about. You got like the, uh, the uh, standing straight up little hair style. And every time I go and get a cut, they cut it more, and I'm like, no, stop cutting that one. That one just needs to grow forever. It's got issues. So, you know, there goes my day. That's I'm Shot. happy uh, that when I go to my barber, I kind of tell her, I want as my hair gets longer, I want myself to look more like a mad scientist when oh. I'm walking around. So I'm like, that works for me. I can just look terrible all the time. It's how it's supposed to look. That's a good stylist. <laughs> did you watch the Oscars? I did, actually. And, you know, not a lot of surprises, but I was definitely happy with the, the winners of it this week. Yeah, it was good stuff. I mean, we knew everything everywhere all at once was going to win, and I'm yeah. I'm good with that. I really loved that movie. Um, yeah, a little surprising what didn't win. Uh, Tar walked away with nothing, and uh, I feel like Tar really only had the chance of Best Actress, which I yeah. I mean I they were loving Michelle Yeoh for a while oh, now, oh, yeah. but I was like, you never know with Kate. She could sneak in and win, but yeah, yeah Tar did not do well at all. By the end of the uh, show, it kind of felt like uh, there's if they would have picked Kate Blanchett, the crowd would have lost their mind. Like it would have not have been good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I think the right movie won Best Picture. I'm happy that you know they didn't go their usual route of picking their little favorite. Yeah. If Whitman Talking would have won, I would have just freaked out. I mean, man. it was never going to though. No, no, but it, I'm glad it was a that it won there for a hot uh, adapted screenplay. Yeah, it did. It, it, it glad that it won something. Um, it's nice if they could all only win something. I was actually really happy that All Quiet on the Western Front won a bunch of stuff because I was super moved by that movie. That I movie was, was intense. I was about to say, that was one of the big surprises. Like, people couldn't believe that one four. Like, it was kind mm-hmm. of a shock to a lot of people. Um, For a foreign film, definitely. And a remake at that. Like, a remake and a foreign film. And, and a, based on a book. Based all on the, a book. <laughs> all the things. Um, <laughs> yeah, a good good thing. They they didn't have to make too many jokes about, like, uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel was fine. If, uninst- if like He a was little, fine. Maybe one to two too many slap jokes. I was like, can we just yeah. move on? Yeah, I'm yeah. I just don't find them funny anymore. Like stuff nowadays gets saturated. So after about 4 days of talking about something, I'm like, I don't ever want to talk about this again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, a little bit too much talk about it. It did kind of make me it was kind of funny in the days after cuz they're like, "Oh, little Jada Pinkett's still mad about that slap joke." I'm like, "Yeah, nobody cares." I think nobody Yeah, I mean, really we we have short attention spans nowadays. But yeah, it was okay show. Um and now it's exciting to get a, just a whole new year of movies. Yeah, um hopefully uh well, we have another good one here. We got a all timer for best picture this past year, uh, and award ceremony, like award winners, like uh, like Brendan Fraser and Kiwi Kwan were mm-hmm. like the whole crowd was into that. Jimmy Lee Curtis kind of surprised everybody, I think, with that win. Yeah, it's really funny. Right before they announced it, I was like, you know what? I bet it could be Jamie Lee Curtis because she is adored. Mm-hmm. It's a weak category this year, and they're probably feeling a like. It's due time. Let's give Jamie Lee Curtis one. So when that happened, I was like, okay. Yeah. It, 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 I think she was a little surprised, too, because her speech was a little all over the place. Like, she didn't yeah, really know she, what to say. <laughs> which I don't mind. I think is really cute. Yeah. Um, and then what else is going on? Oh, yeah. This week is St. Patrick's Day. 
That's right, it is. We're oh actually, God. if you're listening to this, we're going to drop it on St. Patrick's Day instead of on Monday. That's right. We are. We got our Michael Flatley shoes on. We're going to start <laughs> dancing all around this place, making fools of ourselves. <gasps> when I was a cocktail waitress in an Irish bar, Go I on. used to always um, pretend that I could Irish dance, and I would do like little bits where you just shake your little feet. It's pretty much all you got to do. And then I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm under contract though. Like I can't. Yeah. show you but if it I worked hurt, for tips if i were to hurt myself now uh it would be a whole thing i, I can't i just can't do it <laughs> no 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 river dancing I, I for remember, jacob <laughs> i used to remember going to like the parade well kind of remember because you remember about the first hour of going to the buffalo uh the saint patrick's day parade and then after that it's all just a blur the, like the alcoholic parade, blur the parade is misery and i mean to everyone listening you can spend today this saint patrick's day out at a bar or mm-hmm. a parade fighting crowds Downing beers, you know, ultimately chasing the luck of the Irish, mm-hmm. which never arrives nope. when you need it, especially when you're drinking. Or you could spend it from the comfort of your couch, taking a trip to the Emerald Isle through film. Yeah. With no parking, shouting, or disgusting green beer necessary. No, you, I, you I mean, you don't need it. It's not necessary. You can go, you know, I would recommend, yeah, just go ahead and not maybe get completely wasted it's <laughs> Enjoy, a good plan. do something like read a book watch a movie have a good time and relax yeah so if you're like us if that latter part seems more appealing there are plenty of cinematic options to choose from maybe you're looking for something funny or historic scary romantic we've got some of what we feel are the best irish movies to watch on saint patrick's day yeah i mean the, uh, americans can't get enough of irish films I think mostly we are very intrigued and in love with the accents. I, it's one of the more well-known accents, I feel like, among Americans. It's, it's so like, good. Right Every the time top. they say ting, I love ting yeah, so much. Walk, right, That's the ting. <laughs> we, we, do, we are famous for our A+. We were uh, recently uh, you know, noticed by the Oscars for our amazing uh, impression abilities here. So it's when, true. We are pretty talented. So when we jump into our Irish accents, you know, what, what word do you kind of use? I kind of go with a fiddle-dee-dee to try to get myself sliding into there. Yikes. I'm not going to do any <laughs> of that. Um, but I also think people are kind of um, motivated by those films, by the kind of connection that we have to our immigrant ancestors, mm-hmm. since we have a lot of Irish. So well, Speak for yourself there, Michelle. I don't Excuse me. I'm mostly <laughs> Irish. Um, so, and also... The recent Academy Awards, they the Irish, um, you know, racked up a lot of nominations, um, including this year's big one, which is the Banshees of Inishirin. Mm-hmm. Great movie, actually. Just watch that. Very good. Oh Very yeah, good movie. I, I was, We're gonna talk about it in a minute. We can talk about Ireland's two top actors at the moment because boy, oh boy, are they uh, top tier. Yes, talents, and that is an extremely. Irish film, if there ever was an Irish I mean, film. Who, who can forget the Irishman that starred a bunch of Italian people that came out a couple years ago? That was a big, <laughs> that was a big one by Martin Scorsese, because when I think Irish cinema, I'm thinking Martin Going Scorsese. Going right there. And then Ross White and Tom Berkeley won um, the Oscar for the film in Irish Goodbye, which was best live action short, That's my, which was also one of the best speeches of the night. That is one of those, I love the Irish Goodbye, man. You're just like, I'm at a party. I don't feel like talking to anybody. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and leave. Yes, that is what <laughs> we call the Irish Goodbye, but I'm pretty sure this is about a death. Well, <laughs> But yeah. anyway. They're a little bit more literal with their uh, with their way of doing things. Um, and did you know that the Oscar statue itself um, was designed by an Irishman? I actually did not know that. Hey. Really? Oh. Hey. So, yeah, so we're going to talk today about Irish films that you can check out on St. Patrick's Day instead of, you know, whatever else, walking down the street and having to step over 
piles of vomit. Yeah. I'm really a, dislike. It's pile, really low on my Piles my of vomit, list. people face down, all kinds of discarded horns. And, For the whole uh, weekend. <laughs> so Okay, so um, as we just mentioned, and we did, I think, in our favorites episode a while back, was The Banshees of Inishirin. That um, won the Golden Globe for Best Picture and was nominated for um, Best Picture for the Oscar, Best Actress. No, no, Best, best actor. actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Supporting yeah, Actor, I, right? I'm pretty sure Best Supporting, yeah. Burning, I think Brennan Gleeson. No, that. I think it was the the young guy that really? was friends oh. with Podrick. I'm, I'm pretty sure surprised he was, about that, he was nominated. But it was really such a tour de force because of the uh, the performances by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who we love very much. Yeah, Colin Farrell, man. Talk about a career turnaround. Like, they were talking about him as he's such a great actor, and then he started doing movies like SWAT and just ter- and the recruit, just terrible movies, and then all of a sudden, Yeah, which you see happen. And then he, he's in great stuff, and I think he's a little more choosy, which I always like. So the film is set... Um, on a remote island off the west coast of Ireland, and it follows these lifelong fe- friends, um, Padriac and Colm, who find themselves at a really terrible impasse when Colm, that is the Brendan Gleeson character, unexpectedly just puts an end to their friendship. This I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Just cold, too, man. <laughs> like, when I watched it, I was like, wow, he really is just, he's, I'm done with you. He's done. And so a stunned Padriac, aided by his sister, um, and then the young Islander that we mentioned that was nominated, Dominic, um, he endeavors to repair this relationship, kind of refusing to take no for an answer because it's been, like, his best mate his whole life. Right. But his efforts, they really only strengthen his former friend's resolve. Which was kind of, that was kind of funny a little bit. It's like it, it just keeps getting, you're digging yourself swiftly, a deeper hole, dude. It swiftly escalates. Oh, yeah. Um, and there are really shocking consequences. But it is... It's so enjoyable. It's not just a beautifully written screenplay. The film, it's like, it's really affecting. It's warmly humorous, and it's beautifully acted. Um, Definitely one of my favorite films this year, and a good one to to start your weekend off with. I mean... Probably like their top writer, like right now. That's a Martin McDonough movie, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. So we love Martin McDonough. He, he here. may or may not come up again very soon. We'll see. Okay. Um, Hold my but breath. Yeah, anytime you basically see his name on something at this point, it's like, well, it's going to be very well written. It's probably going to make a cry at some point, and it's going to be, be worth watching. It'll be darkly humorous. Also, such a good writer, man. I don't. Okay, so I'm just going to jump right into it then. The suggestion that I was going to have next would be the 2012 satirical black comedy Seven Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, good one. This, I feel like, I don't remember if it was the first. I know it was definitely one of his first uh, big breakout movies around here uh, in the U.S. Just alone, like, look at this cast, man. Colin Farrell, big shocker. He's like his, uh, I feel like that's going to be Martin McDonough's guy going forward. He's just going to have him as much as he can in all of his movies. Yeah, it's his Scorsese, Robert De Niro. <laughs> so uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Sam Rockwell, Woody Harrelson, Christopher Walken. Then you got Tom Waits, Abby Cornish, Olga Kurilenko and the other dude whose name I'm not even going to try to say because it <laughs> is an complicated. Irish name. <laughs> I actually think it's a, like a Eastern European name. It oh, makes okay. it even worse. Um, so uh, it, this was the second movie um, with Farrell and uh, McDonough after In Bruges, which, as we know, is one of your your top favorite movies of all time. Correct. Um, and it's basically about a screenwriter, Marty, who's an alcoholic writer who starts writing a um, screenplay about a bunch of murderers, and he just puts out an ad in the paper to find a couple people to base uh, his characters on, and he actually gets it answered by a bunch of uh, people who may or may not be killers. Amazing. And he ends up getting chased by some mobsters involved that also gets all the killers wrapped (laughs) up into it. 
it's such a fun movie. It's man. super fun. I, I'm not even going to get too much into it because it's such just like a fun ride. Like it's a Mark McDonough movie. You don't really want to like spoil what's going to happen in it. Um, but what's fun about this movie is just the cast that he's got for it is filled with a bunch of actors who are known to be able to chew the scenery and mm-hmm. can really turn it up to 11, so to speak. And it's funny to watch them kind of try to reserve themselves. Like Colin Fale, for instance, he's known that he can really go nuts in a movie if he wants to, and he's kind of playing the straight man, even though he's playing like an alcoholic writer in this movie. Um, you know Sam Rockwell's going to do some wacky stuff. Yeah. Um, Walking, I mean... I haven't seen this, this movie in a long time. Definitely due for a rewatch. Yeah, I mean, this was a big time... Um, this was kind of like when he was on the upswing. It's only his second movie, um, McDonough, like we said. So he wasn't the known quantity he is now. So people were kind of expecting a sophomore slump, so to speak, uh, which they did not. Really yeah, he get. hasn't really had a slump yet. No, he's had he's four for four so far in his movies. Um, it's a you know co-production with the U.S. and United Kingdom, which is basically we need money to make this movie, so who's got it? Um, but yeah, it's definitely a movie that's it's worth checking out just for the performances and the unexpected like dark comedy that's involved with it. Yeah. It's kind of like what he does all the time, man. It's it's kind of a forgotten one at this point, which is kind of a shame. Go watch all of his movies. Yeah, um, pretty much. If he's got his name on something, it's go check it out. And then I need you to go watch a movie I love so much. The, Ooh, the like film the... Once from 2007. Oh, you know what? I, I can see the cover of the DVD in my head, but I have no idea what I it is I can't even really get into how much I love this. So it was shot on a budget of just $150,000 over mm. 17 days. Oh, that's impressive. Yes. Um, It takes place in Dublin, and it tells this really simple love story of a busker who's played by Glenn Hansard and a Czech immigrant who uh, sells flowers. Her name is Marketa Igrova. Maybe. Very good. You nailed it. One day she approaches him while he's playing on the streets with news that, like, oh, she's also a singer songwriter. And so they kind of hang out, and then they decide to collaborate. And the th- songs that they compose really reflect the story of their kind of blossoming love. So there's a lot of music. It's kind of like 60% movie, 40% songs. Okay. Um, would, would you consider it a musical? Not or at all. Like a movie just with music in it? A, a movie with music in it because he's a busker and he's singing on the streets. But it's the, the songs and the authenticity of the acting that really... Um, help the film. They won an Oscar when it came out for Best Song. Okay. Because the music, the characters, they're so charming. It's a really captivating tale of love and music, how those things kind of go together, how music really brings out the mood of a film. And I just feel like movies like this do not come along very often and that this is a truly very special film. And that you should see once. I, yeah, you, it's a very, that's a good description of it. It kind of makes me interested. I've always sort of wondered what that movie was about. So it's, it's really good. And the music is, is genuinely really good. That's where they always mess up. I'm always like, I'm not into these jams. Um, it's a wonderful film. Um, mm-hmm. You actually kind of made me think about the Oscars again because I had a thought when they were doing the best song movie song for this year. And I'm like, man, Lady Gaga is just. Stepping over herself to try to win an Oscar at this point. Like, she cannot stop trying to win one. That performance was a little where I was like, well, you're really like begging to win. Like, they've already chosen Lady she, Gaga. It she, doesn't matter what you say on stage, she, it's going to be from RRR. I have, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, they're going to give something to that. I have not seen an, somebody who I actively root against to win an Oscar than I do Lady Gaga. Why? Ever, ever Why since. Do you root against her. Oh, I remember when she was up for Best Actress and just. 
like the smugness she had when she was like, I'm going to win this Oscar. And just the whole award season, she's like, I'm going to go ahead and for um, uh, what A Star is Born. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, I'm definitely going to win this Oscar. And she was just kind of like gave a whole attitude about it. And now every time I see her up for something, I'm like, just somebody beat her. I just don't want her to, I don't want to give her the satisfaction of being all smug on that stage. That's really weird considering that most actors are super smug, but. They are, but like they kind of, they're actors, so they hide it. And Lady Gaga's not a good actor, <laughs> so she's bad at hiding stuff. Like, oh, what was that other one last year? Um, oh. I don't know, Gucci. Man. The Gucci oh, one, Gucci. too. She's that like, was just terrible. I, I spent though. the year doing an Italian accent, and I still was terrible at it, but you should still All give right, me an Oscar. All right, Jacob. Let's put the anger <laughs> aside. Pick a movie that you do like. Uh, oh, okay. I can do that. Um, so the next one I got here is uh, My Left Foot. The, uh, Heck yeah. The Daniel Day-Lewis coming out party, so to speak. Um, we're not going to talk about the uh, the real life uh, you know, scenario about this guy because it's pretty tragic, and we don't mm-hmm. really want to get into it. Um, but this movie is basically about a man who was born with severe cere- cerebral palsy, and it's kind of like he, how his life, as it starts to take hold of him, and he starts to lose more and more control of his body, and the way it affects him, his family, and the way this guy, you know, he's a smart dude, but then this horrible disease kind of hits him, and eventually, all he, the only thing he, in his whole body that he can move at this point is just his left foot. Mm. It's such a, it's just a heartbreaking movie. Daniel Day-Lewis like famously broke a couple of his ribs in this movie just because he's a method actor. So on set and everything, he would not. He, that's all he would do yes. is just doing the one foot thing. So like just by being in those certain positions for so long, it just like his body broke down that's and he started totally breaking insane. stuff. It's, this I think was one of Jim Sheridan's first films. I don't know if it is the first, but I I, I think it would have to be. It's a long yeah. it's 1989, so yeah. it's a long time ago. Um, yeah, so this is the movie that kind of put he was already known at this point. I think it, I think in the name of the father it came out at this point. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, about I'm going to talk about that next. Oh, okay, um, but just kind of showed the tour de force that Daniel Day Lewis can be when he's on film and he actually cares about a role that he's got here. Yeah, um, he is I, always going to be one of our greatest. I think Brenda Fricker actually won a uh, a best supporting actress. I think this is the one she won best supporting actress for. Oh, okay. Um, before she her oh, star making turn and so I married an axe murder. That's the one I basically <laughs> know her from. Um, but if you want to see one of the great twenty first twentieth century uh, performances and you know just pure dedication to a role, check this out. I mean, I I wouldn't be able to do that for months. I feel ahead. like that was the most method thing we had seen at that point. Yeah, I feel this was definitely like one of the first movies where like method acting, quote unquote, was came into the mainstream like people knew what it was and Mm -hmm. had a perfect example of it and they're kind of like do you really need to do this i don't know if you do that seems rough (laughs) um so yeah we'll stick with jim sheridan and daniel day lewis for another extraordinary um film that they did together which is in the name of the father which came out in 1993 and in this um day lewis is gary conlon um and this is a really powerful real life story about the man that was falsely implicated for an ira bombing in Belfast. So the story, um, we were kind of following this young Irishman, Jerry, and he gets by as a petty thief in 1970s Belfast. So when local IRA leaders kind of get fed up with him, he's a nuisance, he flees to England, and then he meets up with his friend Paul. And on that same night, the IRA bombs a nearby pub. So the friends end up getting kicked out of their communal digs, and they're forced to sleep in a park. They're not related to this bombing. The whole thing's happening. He ends up returning to Belfast, but he is arrested as the prime suspect to this bombing, and he is imprisoned where he spends 15 years trying to clear his name. So they're known as the Guilford Four, 
who were arrested for this. They were framed. There, I mean, there seems to be absolutely no doubt about that. Um, IRA terrorists who bombed the pub in England, they did this in 1974. One year later, all four of them were convicted and sentenced to life. Um, but as time went on, like, doubts grew about their guilt. And then it was proven that evidence that was in their favor that they obviously didn't do this was withheld. Um, and in 1989, their convictions were overturned. But I mean, man, imagine, oh man, heck ima- of a film. Imagine that, England uh, being crappy to their uh, quote-unquote colonies and faking evidence to get people in jail. Yeah, imagine I mean, that. this has been a situation for a long time, but Daniel Day-Lewis is absolutely remarkable This was like in this film. Yeah, this was w- definitely one of the movies still to this day people like love love that he's in. Like, yes, and he's such a powerhouse that it doesn't even matter that sometimes there's like weakness in the script, mm. but you are very forgiving of it because you're just like staring at him and everything he's doing and this movie was important because it really did show that you know the British police were so obsessed with the need to produce um, IRA bombers Mm -hmm. that they would seize on you know flimsy hearsay evidence they tortured their prisoners so that they could extract confessions and you know brought that to light to you know a society that maybe didn't know that was going on so that is another really important film i think to see in your life a lot of the movies that we're talking about now actually are you know set in the the troubles as they're called yes. in ireland because it's such a big part of their history and it's been going on forever man like catholic yeah. and protestant thing there it's a lot of religious hate when i was growing up like when i was a kid it was on the news all the time it's like you had to be people were like afraid to go past doors like like doorways in Ireland because you never knew when one was just going to blow up. Yeah, randomly. or if there was a car on the street too long and things like that. I actually, I, I feel kind of bad because I don't know. It's not as bad. I don't know if it's still going on. What about, whatever happened with that? There's always issues there. I mean, and a lot of it is because of, you know, England yeah. owning, owning, you know, yeah. part of Ireland, Ireland and them Scotland, wanting to be their Wales. own country. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird situation. I, I kind of don't know why they don't want to let Ireland be their own thing. I mean, I understand Scotland to an extent, but Ireland, it just doesn't really make any I sense, mean, man. I mean, you could argue that for a lot of places. But <laughs> uh, well, Eng- I mean, Eng- everybody, the whole world is kind of giving England the side eye. It's like, really, guys? We're still doing this whole thing? And they're like, we're the king of colonizers. Don't care. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's here's a the, good one. Here's the crown season five. Shut up and see <laughs> what we're going to talk about now. <laughs> All right. So the next one I'll go with here uh, is Hunger. Uh, have you ever seen this one? Oh, my God. Yeah, I actually didn't think I saw it, and then when I started like looking into it, How I'm like, oh, I definitely. How could you forget Michael Fassbender's body in that movie? Oh, you know what? Because I actually I got it confused with um, a cannibal movie. I thought it was like the zombie cannibal movie, and oh. it was a totally different. Oh, it was a different okay. thing. <laughs> this is definitely not a zombie cannibal. He could have, no. if he would have been eating people, it probably would have been better. If off he would have been eating anything, it would have been better. Oh boy, Michael Fassbender! People forget how good of an actor you can be when you dedicate yourself because you put yourself in questionable alien and genre films at this time. Nah. Um, so this is a directorial debut of uh, Steve McQueen, uh, one of the better actors. You know, you ten ten years of slave, twelve years of slave is like one of his. His big, you know, hit yeah, for this point. Yeah, he's a great director. Um, so it stars Fassbender, Liam Cunningham, and Liam McMahon. Uh, it won the, it went to the uh, Palm, it won the, uh, the Cam, Camdor, Palm oh, Okay. I don't remember which one is. Whichever one's the big award Palm at the, uh, at Can, Con is when it won. Um, Fassbender stars as Bobby Sands, who's a provisional IRA member. Big shock there. Um, he leads a hunger strike and participated in a no wash protest. Um, in which Irish Republican prisoners tried to regain political status 
um, after the British government revoked it in 1976. Um, and it's basically how he goes on this horrible, hung, well, not horrible, but a massive hunger and washing strike oh, yeah. and shows like the effects of it. Like Michelle said, if you want to see a movie where a dude goes through a physical transformation and you're just like disgusted looking at somebody, this is the it's a rough movie to watch. It, I mean, Bobby Sands was really extraordinary. I mean, that hunger strike really changed the course of of North Ireland. Um, it, it's like hunger strikes. They're, they're very visceral. Like Gandhi was famously did it as well. Mm-hmm. But like they work because they're so striking when you see pictures of people that are on one. It's like they're yeah. just down to nothing, down to skin and bones. And, and that's some dedication. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Man. I don't eat lunch all day in a late dinner and I'm acting like I'm on death's door. Yeah. Like the like the only one I know off the top of my head is like the diet Christian Bale went in on for oh, the, the, uh, ma- the machinist. Ma- machinist. Where he's yeah. like, I would drink coffee and I would eat two apples a day and yeah. that's all I would eat. I'm like, no, it's no, gross, no, no. man. I could eat two apples before I even <laughs> wake up in the morning. That's basically how my day starts. Um, but if you have the stomach... <laughs> Oh, I didn't mean to do that. If you had the stomach to watch this kind of rough movie uh, and watch a really important story about a subject that, again, like we mentioned here, we don't really know, can't remember that much about. Go check this one well, out. I know a lot about Bobby Sands. but Well, <laughs> you do because you read a million books a day. Like but that's the rest a good of us. film to help you to like to jump into it. I think people then be curious to learn more about the whole thing. Yeah, make sure that you don't end up watching like the, there's a vampire flick from the 70s, I feel like, yeah, is also named The Hunger. Not it's not that one. It's not the one where like somebody's got blood on their mouth. It's a zombie movie, which I definitely know that I saw as well. It's not that one. Go check out the one with like a skinny fast. Well, again, skinnier Fassbender on the cover. A, a, a dying one. Um, okay, another <laughs> film I love very much, The Secret of the Kells from 2010. This is an Oscar-nominated animation film inspired by the real-life Book of Kells. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a no. Latin manuscript containing the four Gospels of the New Testament that resides in Dublin, and every single page of it is a breathtaking work of art. I feel. No, I've never heard of this. Oh, you never you never heard of the Book of Kells? No. Oh, you'll have to Google it. It's really extraordinary. And then they made this animation where they included the book. Um, many monks created this book over many many years. Mm. Um, it is a, like a true dream of mine to be able to see it in person. It is, and the film reflects the pages and is so beautifully drawn. The movie and really like refreshingly calm. You see these images and. They kind of do that, you know, where they just lightly move on yeah, the screen because you're you looking mean. at like a flat page, but that's kind of moving. And it is this really enchanting tale that was inspired by Irish mythology. Um, Brendan Gleeson is a voice of one of the characters. Well, so that I helps. feel like I feel like, of course, <laughs> Brendan Gleeson, you need an Irish um, so Irish somebody. You call up Brendan Gleeson's like number one in the speed yes. dial at this point. So that is an animation. Super gorgeous. Check it out. But another one that you reminded me of um, because of the troubles is that film that came out in 2021, Belfast. Did you oh, see Belfast? Oh, I did see Belfast. The um, oh my God, yeah, the uh, the Shakespeare guy. I can't remember. Yeah, his you, name I like that you're lost. I like, that, <laughs> and I won't help you. But um, so skirmishes, as we said, between the Catholics and the Protestants, 1969. That is what provides the backdrop for this black and white coming of age story about a nine year old boy. Um, last year, I think it received like seven Academy Award nominations. I don't think best it won Best picture, any. best director. Um. Yeah, no, Kenneth Branagh won that, for, that's the guy's name. for best screenplay. I kept. I think Kenneth Branagh, I think uh, Helena Bonham Carter, and if you want to know why, go ahead and Google that one. You'll have some fun. So this <laughs> movie is exceptional because it's straight from Branagh's own experience. It's based on his childhood, um, and it kind of just shows this kid moving through the world into adult home. Like He has a stable and loving community. 
where everything that he understands about life is really changed um, forever. But what I like about it is it could have been a movie that, you know, is a story of a childhood going through the troubles. Mm. But it's really not. That's only one faction of his kind of nostalgia, which is filled with joy and humor and consequences. So you have that as a backdrop, but it's not the whole focus. It's a really human story. And I thought it was just a super, super lovely film. Oh, yeah. Belfast? Oh, yeah. That's uh, definitely going like, oh, Kenneth Branagh, man. That's a dude who really changed his career. Like, he was all, only did with Shakespeare there for a hot minute. That's all people knew him about. I remember now, he was my favorite actor at one point when I was young, like right around a, the late 90s. He's a solid choice for that. Now he's like, he's a legit, he does like more genre kind of movies. He does like the uh, the Clouseau movies. It's he, not the Clouseau movies. Um, what the heck's his name? Oh my Why'd God. you do that? You said Pierrot? Pierrot. No, no. Poirot. Yeah, it is Poirot. It is, okay. Yeah, the Murder <laughs> on the Orient Express and uh, whatever that other one. He's, that a great, he's a great director. I mean, he really found out. Um, but his performance as Iago in the film Othello. Mm, yep, that's can't a good. Touch oh, it. Anytime you do Shakespeare with uh, Kenneth Branagh, you're you're gonna be fine. Yeah. It's just Hamlet, of course, that three hour absolutely. Epic. But he really he really gets it. We so. all know that his um, greatest piece of work was when he directed the first Thor movie. I mean, who who Lord. doesn't? I mean, who when he decided to put blonde eyebrows on um, Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> what a bold decision that was! It's, right? It sounds very important. <laughs> what else do you have? All right, so next I'll go with the 1975 period drama Barry Lyndon. Have you seen this? Barry one? Lyndon, no. So this is one of Kubrick's better but controversial movies. Oh, people, it's a Kubrick film. Okay. It is a Kubrick movie, and I was kind of surprised about that when I first saw it too, because. Like I said, nobody remembers this movie. It was up for a bunch of awards. Like, it was up for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Cinematography. The costumes are fantastic. But everybody kind of forgot about it because it's a little bit of a slow burn at times. Okay. And it's long. Very it's a Linda. So it basically tells the story of this Irish rogue in 18th century uh, England and London, or England and Ireland, who leaves his farm to try to make more of his life so he becomes like a soldier. Uh, while in battle, this other soldier dies, and he basically steals his identity and uses it to get, um, like shoot up the societal ranks. It's where he ends up marrying like a countess, um, becomes like a like a part of the nobility kind of thing. Starts raising this other um, this lady's child, and then there becomes a conflict there. Hmm. Yeah, it's a hard movie to describe, but it is it, and it's built into two parts, like which is another weird thing. It's like part one, part two, they don't have a part three. Which is why, like, why are we even doing the parts? Like, you just what do you mean? All plays have like mostly two acts. That's yeah, not uncommon. Yeah, but for a film, it's weird. I mean, hmm. it's, literally, films are based around the three act structure, and this movie does not have a third act, so to speak. Okay. Um, does it feel like are you left wanting at the end? Like, does it feel not concluded? No, it feels concluded. It's just it's a weird movie altogether. I can okay. see why some people love it and some people hate it, and it it's not like the other Kubrick movies that you're thinking of, like. You look at it and you can tell it's a Kubrick movie. It has that Kubrick look to it. Okay. Just how like much is going on in the screen. You could tell they probably had to do a thousand takes on everything to get it right. Oh gosh. Um, but it's one of those. It's a fan. It's a good movie. Hard one to recommend entirely because of the length. But if you sit down, you got some time. You're looking for a, like a satisfying movie to watch that you probably never heard of before. Okay. Check this one out, man. It's see what Ryan, why Ryan O'Neill was such a big star back then. Like, this is one of those... I am interested. Yeah, go check it out, man. Um, I want to recommend the film Philomena. Oh, I just remembered. You know what oh, else what? was a big thing about this? What? This was the movie he did when his uh, Napoleon bi um, biopic that he was trying to put together fell apart. 
So he was like wor- doing all this work on a Napoleon biopic he wanted to make. And like famously, it all fell apart and oh, wow. like he couldn't get funding for it or whatever. And this is like the movie he did instead of that. Oh, and it was like a huge Oscar nominated. Yeah. So he's like, awesome. I, I got all this research I did. I got all these sets and costumes. Like, you know what? The heck with it. I'm just going to make another movie. I'm based it on this book. <laughs> I'm going to do that instead. Okay. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> back to Philomena. Um, from 2013, I don't know if you remember this one, Judy Dench earned an Academy Award and BAFTA nomination for this film. It's the story of a woman who's searching for the son that was taken away from her decades ago in this Irish convent. So it's 1952, and Philomena um, became pregnant out of wedlock and was sent to a convent because that a, was like thing. one thing. of the worst things you could do. And when her baby Anthony was a toddler, um, the nuns literally took the child away from her. She's like, where are you going? Like, that's my kid that I want. And just put him up for adoption in the United States. And for the next 50 years, she searched tirelessly for her son. So oh. when a former BBC correspondent, Martin Sixsmith, who is played by Steve Coogan, mm. um, learns of the story, he really becomes her ally and they travel together to America to try to find Anthony. And like they become really unexpectedly close in the process. And it's really powerful because it is based on a true story. And not shockingly, there are really no perfect performance from Judy Dench and actually Steve Coogan. Um, Who is a guy underrated, I think, Steve Coogan. Absolutely, yeah, he's great in this too. But it's a it's a really quiet, restrained, and unfussy film. Um, but at its heart, it is just an injustice that is so grave. It will make your blood boil that like this happened to people. And also, side note, you will cry. Oh well, I feel like <laughs> a lot of a lot of the movies that we have on here, you're gonna be crying by yes. the end of it. You're gonna be shedding some tears. I remember that movie. I I forgot what it was. Like you said, the title. I'm like, I don't. Remember. I remember I saw that movie, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, and like you're like, ah, oh, Judy Dench, and I don't know. It looks like a slow. Maybe this is an older person movie or something. No, it's really great. It's how I feel like a lot of time. I see Jody, Judy Dench's like first name. You're like, oh boy. It's gonna be well, one you're of those just like she's older. Is it gonna be slow? But then you forget. Like she still has the acting. Chops. She yeah. still gives a wonderful performance. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why she's famous. Correct. She's really good at <laughs> acting. There okay, it is. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. All right. Do you want to throw another one in? Yeah, I'll throw a, I'll throw a quick one in here. Uh, 1992's The Crying Game, a movie that at the time was super controversial. I feel like it's still controversial this day. If you haven't seen it or don't know what's going on, I ain't going to tell you what this movie's about. Which totally. is crazy because I know everything that happens, and I have never seen it. Really? Yes. You know, you know the twist. You know yes, what's going on. I okay. even know the twist. This I didn't know. I, I saw this '92. I was nine years old. I saw it the Very year shocking. it came out. I was like <laughs> nine years old when I saw this movie. Shouldn't have been watching it. Definitely shouldn't have been watching it, considering yeah. what goes on in this. Um, it stars uh, Stephen Ray, Miranda Richardson, um, Jay Davidson, uh, Forrest Whitaker's eye makes an appearance in this movie oh, as well. You are the worst. <laughs> oh my god! Just the move jokes, on. Jokes never gonna get old. Yeah. <laughs> so this is another movie that's uh, set against the backdrop of the troubles in Northern Ireland. Um, it follows uh, Fergus, who Stephen Ray is playing, who's a member of the IRA. Um, he has a uh, brief but meaningful encounter with a British soldier, who's played by uh, Forrest Whitaker, who they're holding prisoner. Um, so then he kind of gets some more information as he's talking to this guy. They have like a good getting to know you kind of thing. And this kind of leads um, Fergus onto a thing about learning more about this guy's life or people that he's describing. And it all leads into all of the uh, 
I'm a, intentionally being vague here because okay, this is yes. one of those movies you need to You don't see want the to spoiler totally even all these years later. You don't want the spoiler. This was one of those ones that came out of nowhere and it just started sweeping award season. It was winning BAFTAs. Um, it was up for the it won best um, original screenplay at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, it got nominated for best picture, best director, best actor, best supporting actor, best editing. Um, it's currently ranked as the 26th best British film of all time. I keep missing it. I'm, I'm shocked you haven't seen it. Um, it is also uh, is known for like one of the greatest, biggest twists in movie history. I assure you, whatever you think it is, you're, you're wrong. You're not going to guess. <laughs> whatever you think, you are wrong. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get it. But um, yeah, this is one of those ones you get. It's just for that fact alone. Go check this one out. You are just your jaw is going to be at the end on the, on the floor at the end. Of this learning movie. more about the troubles. All right, I'm going to do my last film here. This is the Magdalene Sisters from 2003. Um, this was a film by Peter Mullen. It won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival. I love the names of some of these awards, man. They're so great. Yeah, Golden Lion. That's a solid one. So this tells the story of three young Irish women who are struggling with the harsh conditions of the Magdalene Sisters Asylum. So in 1964, three teenage girls are sent to this asylum, this archaic home for fallen women mm. through though their crimes are not criminal so here's what they're here for rose is pregnant out of wedlock get to the asylum bernadette has been caught flirting with a boy at school no get to the asylum and margaret oh, this one it's very difficult is sentenced for having been raped by a family member how dare she let that happen to herself i mean it's disgusting and there the three girls perform hard labor they're supervised by these really cruel nuns and they just kind of dream of of escape i mean it's a really tough movie it is deliberately provocative which it, it should is, be yes it's supposed to trigger emotions in order to highlight the important important issues of personal freedom i always get mad when people like get like, like this movie's like supposed to be triggering and stuff. I'm like, yeah, get this. If you see what the movie's about, this subject matter, you're supposed yes, to get upset. This is this, this stuff, is right? what they want from you. I mean, it's it's a really intense watch, but an excellent film, and I, it's kind of like a masterpiece in the world of bleak black sorrow yeah, on the well. screen. So. You know, don't go into this one expecting that kind of good time. But it's a really important film, and I highly recommend it. See that? Another. Why good do one. I always end on a sad note? Not, I don't not mean a lot to. of happy. Not a lot of happy <laughs> movies on this little collection of all your all well, your once flicks is we have nice. here. And then you can always watch Sing Street. We'll talk about that later. But that's another sixty percent okay. movie, forty percent musical. Sixty to forty. Yeah, it's a good good ratio. It's a good ratio. But Jacob, why don't you plug us up? All right. So if you are looking to learn more about Irish stuff, or if when you're uh, got double vision later because you have too much alcohol in your system and looking for a good thing to watch stop by your local library we'll help you out yeah yeah you don't want to end up with the wrong hunger let me tell you um we have 37 branches all throughout erie county so stop on by and we'll help you out and don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org to see what kind of programs we got going on for you oh yeah so here are some great facts did you know there are more irish people living abroad than in Ireland. I'm not surprised about that. That's kind of wild. And actually, the United States has the most people of Irish descent. That is definitely not surprising. It's like a joke in the U.S. at this point about, like, Irish, um, like... But more living abroad than in Ireland. That's wild. I mean, there's only... What's the, what's the size of, like, Rhode Island or something? Yes, is how big true. Ireland is, so... Um, in Ireland, they consume approximately 131 liters, which is about 35 gallons of beer a year. Yikes. Guys relax a little bit. With but them. they do not consume the most Guinness in the world. England does. 
Mm. So people yeah, often, just I, because Guinness started there. I slept on Guinness for a long time. It's actually a pretty good beer, man. Well, Low they, calorie, you know what? They do hold the Guinness World Record, though, for most cookies baked in an hour. Go Ireland. I feel what like, an excellent I, fact. as an American, I just want to say we're coming for that. We're coming <laughs> for that one, guys. Also, another misconception how much of the country do you think are natural redheads? Give me a percentage. Mm, 37%. 9%. Really? It's only 9%. Wow. Yeah, I, that, the, that's basically, that rumor has spun out of control. It's <laughs> basically what they're known for is being gingers on that yes, island. Not even correct. And this is the most fascinating fact I did not know Halloween was invented in Ireland. Really? Yes, the roots of Halloween can be traced back 2,000 years ago to Celtic Samhain Festival. Am I saying that wrong? It's Samhain. Samhain, thank you. Celtic Samhain Festival. Thank you, Halloween 3, for that. Well, there you go. That celebrated the end of summer, um, and that's where the whole tradition came from. You know, I should have known that because when I just said Halloween 3, like, they literally point that out. I'm like, this is supposed to be a horrible holiday about killing children. But it could be thought that it was made up. It is real. But yay, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a safe and enjoyable St. Patrick's Day, and we will catch you next time. Bye.